Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders across the industry. I have a great friend of mine today in Mr. Dan Holt. Dan is the regional director of the Mid-America region, which, Dan, what does that cover again? Uh, All uh, Illinois, northern half of Indiana, and a little sliver of Wisconsin. Okay. Which no one wants to claim, apparently. No one wants to claim that little section, huh? That uh, is language for Keller Williams, the regional director. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but when Mr. Gary Keller launched Keller Williams back in 1984, he sold off regions, and that was his plan for expansion. And he sold 32 regions. He cut up the entire United States into a grid system and sold them off for a million dollars. And every agent in Keller Williams pays a franchise fee of around 6% until they've capped at $3,000 per 12-month period. The region keeps 50% of that $3,000 as compensation. And Mr. Gary Keller, or KWRI, gets to keep the other 50%. Exactly. That's how he makes his money. There you go. And then the people that own market centers inside of Keller Williams, which there's about 800 of those, they get to make the rest of the money. You call that company dollar. They get to keep that at their market center. And then they profit share that. 48% of the net profit per month goes back to the agent's profit sharing pool if they are profitable. You just nailed the whole model. That's it. I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done. Thank you, everybody. So I told Dan before he jumped on, um, I've always been broker agnostic, started an independent brokerage in Omaha, Nebraska called NP Dodge. Their claim to fame as being the oldest real estate company in the country. Founded, I think, in 1855. It was a bank in um, across the river in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And then I switched over to Berkshire in 2015. Uh, we launched our team in 2011. And then um, over at Berkshire grew all the way up to doing about 700 sides, making us the number one team in the world in 2018. Mr. Gary Keller himself recruited us in 2019. Um, I think he wanted to have a great story for Family Reunion 2020 that he was able to pull another top agent. I know he got Mike McCann, I think, the year before. And we were really excited to join the Keller Williams Network. Everyone has different reasons why they go to the Indies, why they own an Indie, why they partner with EXP. We're not here ever to tell someone where they should go based on the goals that they have. And it's funny, one of the first times uh, Gary flew me down to Austin, and unfortunately, I was not in his G5. I flew coach all three times in 2019. But while I was down there meeting with Gary, one of the best questions he asked me, and this is now one of my lead-ins anytime I meet with someone to recruit them or to partner with them, he just simply said, what do you want? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Where do you want to go? Because if he could then be a useful instrument in helping me get there faster for less money with less energy, um, of course, then that would be the best, best route. And so I share with my audience members all the time. That's how you make your choices as to what brokerage you should align with, depending on, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? So share with our members, Dan, what got you to the regional position? It's a, it's a huge accomplishment inside of Keller Williams. There's not a lot of those, you know, regional directors, only about 32 of them. So what brought you to this position? Well, um, ironically, a random phone call from the president, now president Mark King, um, Simply picking up the phone, dialing and saying, hey, um, you know, uh, yeah, just to say it, based on your track record and your success history, um, is this something you'd be interested in? And I honestly said, yeah, 
I had no idea what it was, but I said, yes. And uh, there's certain points in times, like you were saying, when certain opportunities present you and you're saying, you don't say no, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't get a second opportunity for an opportunity or second chance for an opportunity. So um, I just said, yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to be in the world. I did not know at that point in time, that was six weeks before he got announced as president. So I said, mm-hmm. yes, before I knew that my um, direct report was going to be the president of Keller Williams, right? That's so awesome. Yeah, right. So I got really lucky on that. And and I guess I guess it's not even luck, right? Because we don't believe in luck. Um, but that came after uh, you know, it's funny. I met Mark probably 12, 13 years ago, and he was the pres I'm sorry, he was the team leader in Branson and oh, wow. and, and was in Springfield quite a bit. So he had just come out of production, became a team leader. This is like I said, 10 years ago. So by the way, the path is to be the president, it takes less than 10 years. He actually did it in five. <laughs> And, um, I, I, um, was in production. I was a three million, two, three million dollar producer at the time. And Mark kind of pulled me under his wing, started coaching me. We built that team, uh, with now my co-partner or my partner and co-owner, Jen Davis. And, um, um, now we run about 550 units a year. Uh, he started hitting about 500, about four years ago, about the same time I became the operating principal for the market center in Springfield, Missouri. And our market center now, we sell about 5,500 homes in our market center, have 400 agents, 500 units on the team. And he just came and he said, hey, do you want this? And I said, well, I, I'm probably not going to be the right guy, just to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm not warm and fuzzy. Like I am, like I, I want to be a people people. And yet- Are you DC? I actually DI. Right. But the so you're warm and fuzzy. Well, I've you're got a little in me, but I want the results first, right? Mm-hmm. And um. I said, I'm a driver, you know, I'm not going to ostracize anybody. I, I'm, I'm intelligent enough to not do that. And yet I want to grow. And he goes, yep. well, growth's what we have to have. Right. So he set some really lofty goals ahead of me and that's what we're off to do. All right. Let's go. So you're <laughs> physically in Springfield, but you're overseeing all sorts of stuff. And yeah. uh, how many market centers and just so everyone knows market centers, just brokerages, brokerage franchises, mm-hmm. how many brokerage franchises are under your region that you're responsible for? 23 market centers, uh, 17 operating principals, which are the managers of the local offices and 4,000, I think 317 agents. Okay. So for anyone out there that is feeling burdened with the 10 agents that they have on their team, and they wonder how does someone run a team with 10 agents? Dan only has about 5,000 agents and 17 operating partners that he gets to take care of. And it's all about leverage and putting great people around you. So talk to us, Dan, for a little bit about how you've built your team. You've only been in this position now here, not very long, less than a year, right? Yeah, less than a year. So how have you decided how you'd put your leadership team together to help you run the region? I'm assuming you were able to take some talent from your market center that you were running before. Yeah. So uh, fortunately for myself, there was a lot of really good talent already within the region. Uh, and I have a fantastic team. I have a fantastic CEO of our team. Like I said, Jen Davis, and I have a fantastic, it, it goes back to that, right? You said leverage. I couldn't do any of this. And this is not the like accolades, you know, you've heard people before being like, well, yeah, first and foremost, I need to thank my team because they're where I, yeah, it's all about who you're in business with, right? 100%. Because none of the, if any one of these opportunities starts to slip, another one potentially gets taken away, right? And Mark says a lot, you're interviewing today for your opportunity tomorrow, or you're robbing yourself of the same. And in my world, uh, that strictly comes from performance and your attitude towards performance, right? So um, yeah, it is literally the people that I'm in business with. And really, ultimately, that's any business conversation. We talk to people and they say, well, you know, I'm having this challenge or I'm looking for this opportunity. The first thing you have to look at is who are you in business with? I love it. You know, I remember in 2015, I'd only been running my team for about three years. 
and I joined Berkshire. And there were a bunch of top teams there at the time in my city in Omaha. And we had a mastermind meeting, our very first mastermind meeting and a lot of egos in the room. I didn't know any of these. I knew the, knew of all these team leaders, but I didn't know them personally. They didn't know me personally. And one of the top agents in our city um, looked at me and said, I just could never be you. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? You could never like that could have meant a lot of different things. I said, what do you mean? You couldn't be me. And she said, I'd never want to have to babysit 30 agents. And I had a big dad, the biggest team in Omaha at the time. We'd been number one in Nebraska for five years or something. And I said, what do you mean babysitting 30 agents? And she goes, I just can't imagine you having to take calls nights and weekends from 30 agents. That'd be such a nightmare trying to kind of look down at me. And I just kind of chuckled. And I said, that's easy. You just hire somebody to take care of the agents. And mm-hmm. everyone in the room thought I had just written the Bible. I was like, you think I babysit 30 agents? I don't take care of 30 agents. I take care of the person that takes care of the 30 agents. And I make sure they have an amazing coach and amazing training, amazing this, that, and the other. But we can really truly choose to do the job that we want to do while growing the business that we're trying to create. Back to Gary's book, The One Thing. And she had lost sight of that. And I think a lot of agents fall victim of losing, losing sight to the job they work versus the business that they're trying to create. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, a really good friend of mine, Adam Grady, who now is doing like, uh, 600, 650 units in our same market center, right? So we have two teams doing over 550 units in, in the market center. He said to me a long time ago, because I started building a team before him about the same time. So let's rewind seven years ago. And he said, I don't, he goes, I, I same thing. He says, I don't want to be you, right? And he goes, I don't want to manage people. Same exact thing. And I said, if you're managing anybody, you you have the wrong people in your world. Mm. Well, now, so here's what's really interesting. Just because somebody says it once doesn't mean they mean it forever. Because he was the person at that point in time and said, I don't ever want to manage anybody. I don't ever want to, same thing. And he changed his mindset. And now he runs a super productive team and is expanding kind of through Missouri right now and has a partner in Kansas. And it's funny how you just said that. I was like, yeah, he did say the exact same thing. And now he's a completely different place in his life. It's awesome. Change your mindset, change your world. Yeah. So I want to spend the rest of our time today. We keep these episodes pretty short and you and I could probably talk for a hundred hours. <laughs> um, so we will definitely have you back on, but I want to talk today about teams and kind okay. of where, where teams are going to go. Yeah. You see a lot of articles about teams. We got on this team thing five years ago before anybody was really talking much about it. Um, the team building podcast launched. If you search team building on any of the top podcast apps, ours comes up first. Uh, it's a very niche topic. We get about 120,000 listeners a year on this podcast. So thank you to everybody that is listening. And please be sure to go out and give us a five-star review on iTunes. We're working towards a thousand reviews. I think we're hovering around 150 right now. But if you can give us a great review, other people will be able to find this content as well. So the future of teams, um, you can speak to it from the Keller Williams perspective, but I'd love to talk about teams and maybe create a differentiation between why we build and scale a team rather than just going and building and scaling a brokerage and what the true differences are between each of them. That's, that's great because I've got my um, I've got my finger on the pulse of all of them, right? And and sometimes they look different, and yet that actually is because I'm seeing them different. I got challenged this yesterday. Really, the market center is just the largest team in the city, right? And 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 yeah, I run my two teams completely different. I was telling you earlier, you know, we we shared the point of um, the 550 units with a team. Well, I, I fail to say that's with six people in production. So the average wow. agent on our team does 90 hmm. transactions a year. Wow. Right? Now, go to the brokerage side and the average agent does 14 transactions a year. And so... Um, Which is totally good. I think the average is seven. Yeah, 400, 400 agents and 55 
hundred units, right? So you can do the math really fast. The average okay. agent makes $98,000 in commission a year at our market center. So we have wow. a very, very highly productive, very high units per agent. Is, is our, it's always been my goal. Now, here's the interesting thing. You, a question you asked just a second ago is where, to where are our teams going in the future? All over the board. Now, and I, and I hate to give you a vague answer, but I think it goes back to what we said before. The person that said, I would never want to be you. I would never want to manage that. I think people show up at different places at different points and times in their life. And I think the thing that I think where a lot of brokerages have failed, and I'm just going to fall on that, is that they try to be one thing to all people. And we can't ever be one thing to all people because people change. Like you're, you've gone through different stages in your career. And during those stages, you found somebody else to align yourself with because you thought that where you were going professionally lined up better with that. If that wasn't the case, you wouldn't be here now. Right. And you wouldn't have transferred from the independent to Berkshire. So the biggest challenge I think uh, in that is how, where are our teams going in the future is a fantastic question. I think one of the great questions right now is how do you become the one thing to all people? regardless of where they are. Yeah. Because they're going to evolve. We know they're going to change. Let me jump Um, in on that. This came up on my podcast. I actually recorded one in person yesterday with one of our guests at our team building workshop, which by the way, we host three in-person events a year. And I know you're a neighbor of mine, only a six hour drive away. Uh, We'd love to have you out to one of those sometime. But for anyone wanting more information, our next one is virtual. Uh, We're going to make that available, I believe in November. And then we're going to be actually hosting our first ever um in person in California. So we've got one coming up in January in Southern California for anyone on the West Coast. You'll definitely want to take advantage of that. You can find out all information about upcoming events at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. So we talked about three different types of teams. And I believe a team should be able to um, attract individuals that fit into all three of these bubbles as well as brokerages. And I think that we would have a much, we would do a much better job retaining talent if we were able to speak to these three categories. Unfortunately, the dysfunction of the brokerage is that it does not take care of the dependent agent. Dependent agents typically will join teams to be babysat. And then once they learn how to be interdependent, they leave the team and they go to the brokerage and the brokerage steals that agent from the team and then gets to make all the profit off of them. So the team needs to take care of the dependent agent, the interdependent agent, and then the independent agent, as does the brokerage. I think it's easier as a broker to take care of those three categories just because you can scale, uh, you have the economies of scale to um, take care of each of those different people. And so we've been working very hard at finding solutions, both from a training standpoint, the way we compensate, uh, what services we offer to each person, dependent upon where they, you know, what bubble they fit into. Yeah, I think it's exactly right. I'm going to give you an analogy um, that paints this picture really well for me when I look at it. And it takes just a second to, to describe, but if you wanted to buy a, a MacBook, right? If you wanted to buy a MacBook, where's the first place you would go well, if you were going online? Right? Amazon. Yeah. Well, I, I got I think, Amazon for everything, but yeah. Either way, that's right. That's my point. You went to my point. First off, I would go to Apple. And, and if they didn't have the one I wanted, I would then Google it. And the next place I would land is Amazon. Amazon will sell you the same Apple for the same amount of money. They're just going to take a little cut, right? The so difference is I don't want to have to put my information in. It's already on Amazon. So that's my only reason I don't go to their websites. <laughs> it costs me more money. I'd rather just go to Amazon. Sorry. That's fair. That's your point. Um, the, so, so when we look at this, I think, um, where, um, I think where it's going, I think where the business is going in the future is that when exactly when you talk about the dependent, the interdependent and the independent model or, or et cetera, you know, we're very independent, right? Like that's our model. You, you go build it. We'll charge you less. You go build it however you want. 
There's other models like that. There's very dependent models. Typically, they're independent brokerages, right? Indies, as we call them. And, and not always. And typically. Um, yeah. Well, I think they run a red theory. I'm sorry. Redfin. Yeah. And they run a very successful dependent model. I think where we mess up is we try to two things. Let's talk about mergers and acquisitions for two seconds, right? Because we want to be the, I want to be the Amazon for all real estate in Springfield. I want no matter where you want to work or who you want to purchase through that I get to take a cut of it. That's what Amazon does. They have a platform. So the platform is real estate. So instead of, this is where my mind's at right now. Mm-hmm. instead of building, because we're very independent, and that's the way I think. I, that's for 13 years. I was brand new Keller Williams. I'm stuck that way. I can't see out of my lane, and it's working really well. But I'm not getting all of it. Apple's doing very well, but they're not getting all of it. So instead of build a dependent model, I'm going to go buy or merge the dependent model, and I'm going to make that a branch of us and allow our agents to go back and forth. Because like you said, remember, Agent goes through these life cycles. If you want to be part of the independent model, so rather than branding it, you want to be the dependent model, go there. I'm happy for you. When you're ready to be independent, come here. If that changes, go back and forth. But I don't have to feel like I'm competing with the best dependent model in town when I know I'm the best independent in town. I I want to win with both. Mm -hmm. Amen. I love it. And I love that analogy. Um, I think too often we've not been, no one talks about this topic. I haven't heard it outside of Keller. I've brought it up on my podcast, but this mindset, I think comes a lot from leadership inside of Keller Williams, but everybody knows 19 out of 20 agents are out of the business in the first two years. The only reason to say they say two years is because the license lapses after two years. I think they're out of the business after their first six months. And it's because they were set, set up with unrealistic expectations because the broker lied to them gave them stats surrounding interdependent agents who've been in the brokerage for 10 years, averaging 14 transactions, making $98,000. That's not your first year agent's average. And so we tell our agents, you won't, you'll, you might sell 10 homes your first year and make 30 grand. Don't quit your day job. But year two, you can sell 20 homes and make 100 grand. Year three, sky's the limit. But there is a process and that's the dependent team process. So I think we're on the same page. Um, it'll be really fun to watch how teams change and evolve. If you aren't able to take care of all categories, that's okay. Pick your niche and stay within it. Don't try to be everything. Be what you are and make sure you know who you are and where your strengths are. And as you grow, our goal as a brokerage has been to capture all groups, not only locally, but everywhere in the country. So now we're going after the dependent agent, the interdependent agent, and the independent agent that can be powered by KWE anywhere in the world, technically, and pay a fee, just like you'd pay a fee to associate with a CRM system or any other tools that you're using in your business. Dan, how does someone get in contact with you or should give you a shout out? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, obviously, email. Uh, clearly, I think people still use Facebook, but I don't know if it's still a deal or not. Uh, but oh, email Facebook. is dan.holt at kw.com or our cell phone is 417-300-3001. Wow, it's a special number. I is that your real good. phone number? Is that your cell phone number? <laughs> that's a real cell phone number. Everybody, that, you call everybody that. text Dan. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. Like I said, we have way more to get into, Dan. I uh, appreciate you coming on. These are always super fast-paced, and I could go on forever. So we'd love to have you come back on sometime, but really appreciate it. Um, for everybody listening, again, please go out. Be sure to give us that five-star review. If you haven't taken the time to do that, I know I've asked this a million times. I'm going to ask a million and one times. Please give us a five-star review. We want to get to a 1,000 reviews. Um, that is how people find us on iTunes, people going out and giving that review. And then a quick shout-out to the guests that we had on the show. 
but really appreciate the audience for checking these episodes out. We do want to help change your mindset. We don't get anything monetarily. This is all pay it forward, creating positive energy and having abundance mindset, which is everything that Keller Williams stands for. This wasn't meant to be a Keller Williams advertisement, but if you do want more information about Keller Williams in Omaha, go to career.kwelite.com. Dan, I don't know if there's a generic landing page. You're, you're welcome to share one if you'd want to send people to yeah, springfieldhomesearch.com. Perfect. And until next time, thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me.